listening to Psychology NCERT Class 11th and 12th with Dr. Kavita Bhargav. Hello everyone. I am Dr. Kavita Bhargav back again with another chapter which is Psychology and Life. This forms the chapter 8 of your class 12th NCERT books. The present chapter is also eliminated from class 12th. But I am still creating this episode because I have many students who are the civil servants, the child training services and you know, I understand they have this chapter in their course. So this episode is dedicated to them specially. I am quickly covering the entire chapter in this one episode. The key ideas that I will be discussing in this episode are human and environment relationship, different views of human environment relationship, environment Effects on Human Behavior, Promoting Pro-Environmental Behavior, Psychology and Social Concerns. When we talk about the human environment relationship, then there are three concepts that we need to understand. The first is environmental psychology. That branch of psychology that studies various psychological issues pertaining to the human environment interaction in a very broad sense of the term is called environmental psychology. So we have often seen people, you know, visiting holy places and then dirtying the holy places. We have seen people who are living in a hot environment yet they feel cold. How can we actually remedy the traumatic events of a natural disaster like earthquakes, tsunami, man-made disasters, very especially now Corona. So how do we deal with all that and why and how it affects the environment and how environment affects the human being. That is the branch of psychology called environmental psychology and it deals with all these issues. The word environment refers to all that is around us, literally everything that surrounds us including the physical, social, work and cultural environment, almost everything. You know, if I am an individual then everything around me forms my environment. That's the concept. The third term is ecology. Ecology is the study of relationship between living beings and their environment. So what kind of relationship do I share with my environment? That forms the ecology. In psychology, the focus is on the interdependence between the environment and people as the environment becomes meaningful with reference to the human beings who live in it. Now let's understand the two another next important concepts called natural environment and built environment. The natural environment is something which is the nature, which is untouched by the humans. Like if I go to forest or hills, these are all natural. There are natural lakes. While a built environment is something that is created by human beings. So an environmental design is required for building the environment. So man-made uh, lakes or man-made reservoirs or um, you can say the wildlife sanctuaries. All this requires an environmental design and this environmental design comes from the creativity of the human mind 
human control over the environment and the human influence is present in all the social interactions so that's built environment so if we talk about the houses even that is a built environment thing now different views of human environment relationship it was given by stockholz in 1990 he said that there are three perspectives the way we can see the human environment relationship the first is minimal perspective here human being and environment are two separate components or parallel components human beings live in their environment while environment is surviving on its own nature survives on its own so we do not you know enter each other's boundary so that's minimal holistic perspective so that's a minimal interaction very few things i take from the environment and environment takes from me like the basic air or the oxygen and the carbon dioxide the instrumental perspective it suggests that the physical environment exists mainly for the use of human beings for their comfort and well-being like if i am born in this nature then the entire environment is made for me so i can utilize the all the resources the natural resources the wood and you know um the lakes and the water and everything so we were living in that zone for a huge or a long number of times and now only we have realized okay now corona has come up the nature needs us we started talking about saving nature no we do not have to save nature nature has a strong power inherent that it can save itself we were not saving the nature while we were saving ourselves from reaching to this stage but here we are nonetheless where situations are worsening up with corona and we are sitting in the homes inside the homes and the nature is refining it its own self so we were saving our own self not the nature we were saving humans when we understood the concept of ecology and stuff the third perspective is the spiritual perspective here nature is something that needs to be respected or valued rather than exploiting it so after the instrumental perspective we understood the concept of saving nature this is where it is we need to respect when we respect nature it respects us back this is where the spiritual perspective is in focus human beings will exist and will be happy only as long as the environment is kept healthy and natural that was the idea which was uh, mostly propagated by bishnoi community of rajasthan and their movement called chipko movement which was in uttarakhand region here uh, when the people were coming to cut the trees the community hung itself around the trees saying that trees are our best friends and uh, if you have to cut down the trees you have to first cut us down so they saved a number of trees and that movement was called the chipko movement this happened in 1970 now let's understand environmental effects on human behavior the human behavior is affected in almost all the areas like emotions perception occupation living style and attitudes that's the effect on your behavior like for example a tribal society of africa that lives in circular huts that is in the houses without angular walls they show less error in geometric illusions the muller lyer illusion than the people from cities who live in houses with angular walls so that is the effect of environmental influence on perception while we talk about emotions then we can see and understand that smiling flower quietly flowing river or tranquil mountain top all these provide joy within us while disasters like flood droughts landslides earthquakes they imbalance our emotions we are into deep sorrow grief and 
we feel helpless in front of the nature and then we have to go ahead with the long term situation called post traumatic stress disorder ptsd can happen if you look at the ecological influence on occupation living style and attitudes then the natural environment of a particular region determines whether we are going to follow the agriculture or hunting and gathering or some other activity as the occupation and as we have understood in the previous chapters all these effect the lifestyle and attitudes of us of the people around while human influence on environment if we look at that then noise pollution we we create lot of noise pollution like if you go in the cars and keep honking or um, play loud music in the night or in the early morning then that's a huge amount of noise created in the environment that actually can disturb the peaceful stay of the birds or uh, further if you look into if we are into the water you know the ships are moving and they are honking and there's a lot of halchal happening in the river or the oceans then noise is there also it scares away the fish and the different sea animals pollution is a common example like we have the dying industry or um, all the other factories they leave the air pollution noise pollution and a number of pollution where a number of situations happen upon the natural environment in the sense the chlorofluorocarbons you know it depletes the ozone layer the smoking pollute the air around us and we are unable to breathe the plastic the metal articles disastrous polluting effects are there on the environment cutting down of the trees for making our own houses the carbon cycle the water cycle everything gets disturbed soil erosion and desertification is another stuff that comes up when we look at the noise thing then irritation is there intensity and predictability controllability these are the three characteristics of any task performance so when the task is being performed in a simple mental activity then like for example addition of numbers noise does not affect our overall performance whether it is loud or soft in such situation we can adapt to the noise or get used to it but if the task being performed is very interesting then to the presence of noise does not affect the performance because it is the nature of the task that helps me focus on to the task instead of the noise so i adapt to it when the noise comes at intervals in an unpredictable way then it is perceived more disturbing than the noise that is continuously present when task is being performed is difficult and requires full concentration then intense unpredictable and uncontrollable noise reduces the level of task performance it disturbs it hinders the performance when tolerating or switching off the noise is within the control if i can control the noise toleration and switching off then the number of errors in task performance decreases in terms of emotional effects noise can actually increase annoyance levels and also lead to sleep disturbances insomnia and all can happen however continued exposure to uncontrollable and annoying noise can have harmful effects on the mental health as well the waste in the garbage that comes from household or the industry are a big source of air water and soil pollution altogether pollution is really hazardous to the physical health another source of toxicity is household and industrial waste or garbage which is non biodegradable so such waste like plastic tin metal container this kind of waste material can actually create a lot of pollution and smoke around so it will it may give us the difficulty in breathing 
to the people around. Chemicals in the air can actually lead to harmful effects not only on the physical body but also on the psychological functioning. They can also lead to serious mental disorders. So pollution for all kinds of pollution I can say, they need to be curbed. Now let's understand what is crowding. Before this, let me sum up the pollution effects. It affects nervous system, emotional reactions. It gives respiratory disorders and industrial area living. These are the people who have tension and anxiety. Now let's understand crowding. What is a crowd and what is crowding? Crowd is a mob which is collected, a formal or an informal group of people coming together without any particular goal. That's a crowd. But crowding is the feeling of discomfort because there are too many people or things around us. They give us the experience of physical restriction and sometimes the lack of privacy as well. Like a small place and a large number of people in that small place. What are the features of crowding? We have a feeling of discomfort. There is loss or decrease in privacy. There are negative view of space around the people and feeling of loss of control over social interactions. The crowding happens due to density. That is the number of persons within the available space. That is if there are 10 to 12 people or 15 people who have been squeezed in a four-seater in a railway compartment. That's what the density is about. Then we feel crowded or crowding effects onto us. But here again, if we are going for a fair, then crowding is good. We are happy, we are fine, we adjust it. Similarly, if we are in a small room, then and we have to sleep or we have to talk or enjoy or enjoy each other's company, then this becomes crowding. Crowding and high density may lead to abnormal behavior and aggression also. There are studies that have proven that. Crowding can lead to lowered performance on difficult tasks that involve cognitive processes and has adverse effect on memory and the emotional states. Children who grow up in a very crowded household, they show lower academic records, lower academic performances. They do not have space for them. The nature of social interaction determines the degree to which an individual will react to crowding. For example, if the interaction is on a happy social occasion, then it is called a party or a public celebration. Individuals differ in degree to which they show negative effect of crowding. Two kinds of tolerance can be mentioned. These tolerances are crowding tolerance and the second is competition tolerance. If you look at crowding tolerance, then it refers to the ability to mentally deal with a high density or crowded environment, such as crowded residence, where large number of people are living in just one room. Like in Mumbai, there are a lot many chawls happening, where a number of the entire family is in one room. So people who are used to an environment containing many people around them, then they develop more crowding tolerance than the people who are used to only few people around them. So Indians in general should have more crowding tolerance than the people from other places, other populated or less populated countries. The competition tolerance is the ability to put up with a situation in which individuals would have to compete with many others for even basic resources like physical space. So, there is a greater possibility of competition for resources in crowded setting. The reaction to that crowded setting would be influenced by the extent of tolerance for competition for resources. So, if we are in India, we know there is a, always a cutthroat competition. Even, you know, uh, for people who are in bastis or chawls, there is one public um, 
water space where you know there are huge uh, queues just to fill up their water drinking water even same with the washrooms and the bathrooms that they use cultural characteristics may determine the extent to which a particular environment is just to be subjectively more crowded or less crowded so what kind of culture are you coming from if you're coming from a collectivistic culture then you have more of crowding tolerance and competition tolerance and all that stuff but if you're coming from individualistic culture then you would need your own space your own comfort zones so culture influences all this personal space is another concept as given by edward hall so it has to do with the interpersonal physical distance that is the part of the broader concept called personal space the physical space we like to have around us now let's understand the four types of distances that hall talked about he said that people if they fall in 18 inches radius then they are in an intimate distance situation personal distance is 18 inches to 4 feet social distance forms 4 feet to 10 feet while public distance is beyond 10 feet so if i am a speaker then i will stand at top of the stage and there will be the audience which will be 10 feet away from me and you can you know looking at um, the distances between two individuals you can easily make out who is close with each other who is a best buddy or who is more than a best buddy so this can be easily found out looking at the physical distance between two people so the concept of personal space is important because it explains us many of the negative effects of crowding as an environmental stressor it also tells about the social relationships about uh, two people or between two people it gives us an idea about how physical space can be modified in order to reduce stress or discomfort in social situations so social interactions can be made more enjoyable and fruitful if you look at your schools and there is a setup you know kind of setup if you look in the staff room for the teachers there is uh, less of space between them but if you look at the classroom and there is good space between the teachers area and the students area there there chairs and tables now let's understand natural disasters first concept here is post traumatic stress disorders so natural disasters like tsunamis or um, you can say earthquakes floods they are very common these days so once they are over you know it's it's like a traumatic state for a person you feel poverty stricken and homeless in this situation we have disaster management teams which look after the material relief counseling and rehabilitation as well as follow up of the people so majorly the natural disasters team or disaster management teams look after ptsd how can you promote the environment by reducing air pollution noise pollution have proper garbage disposals plant more trees say no to plastic reduce non biodegradable packing of consumer goods follow the laws related to construction all these can actually promote in environmental pro environmental actions the next topic is poverty and discrimination so there are certain words like deprivation poverty social disadvantage and discrimination which you need to understand in order to understand this complete thing poverty is mainly economic in nature it has to do with the measure in terms of income nutrition the amount spent on basic necessities of life such as food clothing and shelter if you don't really have money in terms of real money or currency in your hand then you can be labeled as poor or having poverty while deprivation and social disadvantages are additional features that come with poverty 
how can we distinguish between deprivation and poverty is that deprivation refers to the state in which a person feels that he or she has lost something valuable and is not getting something what you deserve while poverty is the actual shortage of resources necessary for living and thus somewhat objectively defined so deprivation is all in your mind where you feel deprived of something while in poverty there is really no money both poverty and deprivation are linked to social disadvantage how because this is the condition because of which some sections of society are not allowed to enjoy the same privileges as compared to the rest of the society so social disadvantage is a huge obstacle in the growth of these sections in india we have caste systems uh, that majorly are the source of social disadvantage but poverty irrespective of caste has no separate fate so it has also played a role in creating social disadvantage discrimination is something that um, refers to the behavior that makes a distinction between the rich and the poor the favoring the rich and the advantaged over the poor and the disadvantaged so that's is that is discrimination or you know um, like in india we used to have um, discrimination for uh, scst entering the temples also wells also they they were not uh, allowed to go near the well and draw their own water from the common well so brahmins were treated with much of um, respect while shudras were simply avoided discriminated against so psychologically if you look at effects of poverty and deprivation then yes motivation is low personality is not up to the mark it's distorted cognitive intellectual functioning is also not equal to the other society and this all this can lead to mental illnesses as well causes of poverty it is believed that poor are you know there are certain concepts that say that poor are responsible for being poor in india now also um there are a lot of options but the poor themselves feel that we are poor and so they remain poor with their own mindsets there is a culture of poverty they have now adopted to a certain way of living if they will be rich then the complete way will be changed so they want to be in that state that's the culture that they like they've actually formed uh, businesses out of um, being poor i mean the there is a complete um, research that says that there is a complete um, business of begging so they are like you know they would change their clothes and you know enter the traffic lights and then start begging while they get down from high mercedes so that's how it is coming then of course social disadvantage is given or social disadvantage occurs or happens in the society so there is an antyodaya scheme by the government of india which which says that there are so many things uh, or offers for the poor and the poverty stricken people so you can read that on to page 168 in your ncert books for more details now let's understand aggression and violence aggression involves an intention behind hurting the other person while violence may or may not be intentional in nature there is the theory given by dollard and miller the theory is called frustration aggression theory when you are frustrated it leads to aggression so this theory you can listen to my podcast the previous ones um very specially the one on emotion and motivation in that you will find the details of it and then at times there is displacement you know if um if my elders said something to me or my bosses said something to me i can't reply back to them immediately and i feel angry and upset about it so what would i do i will go and displace it to the one who is below me my my junior or my subordinate or my dog or my child or my wife we can do all that 
so that's displacement so aggression and violence involves all of this there are situational factors also to aggression like you know you you learn and you imitate or you start modeling whatever you are learning as children we when we grow we can we can see domestic violence happening how a father treats his wife or mother your mother and then when you grow up you follow the same thing you can observe people in aggression and then follow the same there are certain anger provoking actions that lead to anger and aggression it is also seen if the weapons are available then internally you feel motivated to use those weapons like the knife or the bullets you you want to there is an inherent desire innate you can that's desire freud termed as thanatos you want to see the destruction happening they can also lead to aggression there are various personality factors certain personality types that lead to aggression easily while there are certain cultural factors also that promote aggression in a society or in a setup in a home setup also how can you reduce aggression we need to be very clear that aggressive tendencies should not be used or reinforced if someone is showing aggression on to others then you should not appraise the person so generally how does it start you say okay my mom is not listening to me you go and tell this to your father your father says go hit her and when the person hits the child hits the father is very happy ha ha you should do this only your mother is deserving of it you don't need to reinforce that avoid reinforcement that's the first strategy observation modeling and imitation change the same if there is a person who ha- who has learnt it through these th- three things you change your behavior once you change your behavior the child's behavior will change or people around you may change also try implementing strategies to reduce social injustice how can you reduce the social injustice think about that government ha- has on and off you know a number of um you can say schemes and uh, the social workers are actively working upon these strategies to reduce social injustice have positive attitude and concept of peace within you this will lead to happy healthy and peaceful society less of aggression so with this we finish this chapter chapter number 8 i talked about human and environment relationship different views of human environment relationship environment effects on human behavior promoting pro environmental behavior and psychology and social concerns in this episode if you like this episode you can share it with your friends and family follow me in the instagram handle drkavita b h a r g a v a you can leave me a message regarding the feed forward how do you like this episode and others you can also follow me on facebook group the link for the group is available in the description of the episode i'm planning to hold a webinar soon with my listeners so i'll i'll brief you about it but then i just want to finish off all the 12th class episodes and chapters before i take up this webinar all right i'll see you soon till then stay safe stay inside your homes happy learning happy healing sayonara